0: The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog.
1: Okay. record. We got a sun in Phoenix, too. 52 to
0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Sunny in Phoenix podcast, a weekly podcast where we keep you up to date on everything Phoenix Suns basketball. My name is Charlie Erling and as always, I'm joined by Mitch Krumpetich. What's up everyone? This week on the show, we'll start things off by talking about the impact that Jay Crowder's injury has had on the Suns over this road trip. After that, we'll talk about the games from the road trip and next week's games when we get to see the Suns back at home.
1: Follow us on Twitter at Sunny and PHX Pod. Same thing for Instagram. Go on iTunes. Leave us a five-star review and a comment, and you will get a shout out on the show. Shout outs are in order. This week we are shouting out friend of the pod at Comic Evangelist on Twitter. Comic book evangelist, shout out to you. This is a special shout out because I forgot to tweet the bet question. And he actually reminded me during the Sixers game, which is where the vet question came from. So shout out to comic book evangelists for remembering the bet question when I forgot it.
0: That's a real one right there. That's a true yeah. fan.
1: That's right. That's Thank right. you.
0: <laughs> All right. And we'll start off by talking about the impact of Jay Crowder's injury on the Suns. He went down with a sprained ankle during the 76ers game. And then we were missing him for both the Celtics and the Nets games. And without Jay on the court, it seems like there's quite a bit of difference in the Suns team and just everything that he brings to the table, especially defensively, and always being an option for a kickout three. I think we've been just missing both of those things, and it, it kind of speaks to the the way we've been playing this week, although it's not terrible, but two and four so, so far on this road trip.
1: Yeah, I think a big part of this is the schedule. We've talked about this for a while now, playing in the finals last year, only having about six weeks of an off season for him. It, something like this was bound to happen. Now, hopefully he's just a little nicked up and doesn't miss too much time. But I, I don't want to say I was expecting it, but I'm not surprised that this happened.
0: Right. Yep he has one of the shortest off seasons of anybody in the league gets thrown in on a new team and he's playing big minutes, sometimes starting just big minutes, even if he's coming off the bench too. But with Crowder out, we just saw another game with Saric out as well. And honestly, when Jay's out, you can kind of think that, all right, we still have Dario back there to be able to play the four in spots. We can get by, but then seeing us without both Crowder and Saric. It just really shows that the the leadership that both of those guys bring and, and that veteran presence in general.
1: Yes. And with Abdul Nader still out, you know, we may have the ability to put Tory Craig or Cameron Johnson at the four, but we can't really do that because those guys need to play the backup three position. Or, you know, Cameron Johnson has to play the starting four. So that makes a difference too. Now, I know these guys are role players for the most part, but any injury is going to make a big difference. Right, and I guess
0: it's time to be really thankful for that Tory Craig trade that brought him in here for nothing, and look what he's done instantly since getting put on the team. He didn't have much time to get settled in, but we see him game in and game out now getting minutes and performing, and just today, yesterday now for when this goes up, he had a huge game against the Nets. 20 points and 14 rebounds. So that that will help make up for the loss of Crowder here in the short term, but it's uh it'll be nice once everybody gets back as we had as we get closer and closer to the playoffs. Only three weeks left of the season.
1: Yeah, it's really close. And this is a very important stretch of basketball for us.
0: Right. And so we we missed games of Crowder being able to guard Jason Tatum against the Celtics. And in, then in this game against the Nets, you'd assume that he might get matched up on Kevin Durant, who just made his return and popped off against us. So this this just reinforces how much of an X factor that Jay Crowder is for this team.
1: Yeah, he makes a huge difference. Him and Cam Johnson, they were saying on the broadcast in this Nets game that Cam Johnson can be an X factor. And I agree with that. If Cam Johnson scores 15 points, it's very likely that we will win.
0: Yeah, that's true. And even going forward as an organization with uh, the young guys that we have, we have Mikhail and Cam and Booker. They're all 24, 25, 25 now, I think. Yeah. So they're all going to be growing together, and Cam Johnson has shown so many tools already. And is he going to be able to keep improving at the rate that we've seen guys like Booker and Bridges improve? I think going forward five years down the line, you know, once new contracts are signed and all that, Cam Johnson might be a huge part of this team. So right. That that, that is a very good point, too.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Let's move it in to last week's games. And we get started off start off the road trip here against the Bucks. And what what a fun one to watch. Suns win this one 128 to 127 in overtime. Devin Booker with a couple free throws to seal up the game with just .3 seconds left. Gets followed on the Jumper right before the buzzer, and you know that Book's going to put in a free throw when you need it, so that was a great way to end things there.
1: Yeah, this game was... It was pretty heated. It was pretty intense. Uh, I, I listened to most of this one on the radio, and they were... I mean, Tim Kempton was really upset about the officiating. He was oh. letting everyone know it that when when Giannis was on the ground with the ball and rolling, I've never heard Tim Kempton get so upset. <laughs> no, that and, that was a ter- just a terrible call, and the replay. Yeah. You knew it
0: was bad live, and then when they showed the replay of it, it it was damning. It was so bad wow. how it looked.
1: Wow. Oh, Um, yeah, and
0: thankfully, after that, they didn't get the bucket. They didn't get a bucket after the timeout. So really, it kind of nixed everything. But had they gotten a bucket, that would have been bad news at that time.
1: Right. And then, you know, on the other end, we have to talk about this. The foul on P.J. Tucker when Booker's shooting. A lot of people are saying that was weak. That wasn't a foul. Here's my approach to this. Yes, it was a foul. It totally was now a lot more gets uncalled guys will do a lot more and not have a foul call. So I don't know. I don't like it personally when the, when the game comes down to shooting free throws, I'd rather let the game happen as it naturally would. Am I happy that the foul was called and that we won? Yes, of course I am. But I can see where Bucks fans are coming from. And here's the other thing. The game was tied. If that wasn't called, we would have gone to double overtime. And we played pretty darn well in the first overtime. And Giannis was out for that part. I think it's somewhat likely that we would have won in double overtime. We were still, you know, we were on it. They weren't. So, uh, I don't like when it comes down to a foul call like that, but was it a foul? Yeah, it was.
0: Yeah, when you get a shooter on his shooting arm, elbow, forearm, whatever it is, you have to call that. I mean, even if it's on his, his left arm that's just guiding the ball up on the jumper, I mean, I don't even need that called. But if you're going to sh- hit a shooter on his shooting arm, that's got to be called. And right. the the refereeing in that game was pretty rough, just all around. It Numerous works. occasions with questionable calls, and oh, right. uh, you just got to be happy it ends in our favor. And in big part to our starting lineup playing some really solid ball aside from Sarich in this one, he only had two points in eighteen minutes, one for seven from the floor. But otherwise, you have Devin Booker twenty four, Paul with twenty two, Bridges with twenty one, Aiton with twenty. If that's gonna happen. This is going to be a tough team to beat. And Bridges right. with, Bridges with 21 is fantastic, and I don't expect that. But just when he's, when he's cooking, too, 8 for 11 from the floor, this is going to be a tough team to beat.
1: Yeah, it's nice. And, yeah, I mean, it's... <laughs> I, I think people were upset because they were trying to make it seem like the Suns get these calls all the time. We have been on the opposite end of that so many times where Booker gets clobbered on a last-second shot and there's no whistle. This was a little bit of justice for Suns fans. So that's where I'll leave that.
0: Well, I'll keep going on it, though, because we only had two guys shoot free throws this entire game, Aiton and Booker, total of 10. They had 19 free throws. Uh, Total fouls in this one, 15 by the Bucks. 16 by us so interesting i mean it's uh they got to the line plenty arguably we should have been there a few more times so you you can't put this game on the refs and it kind of kind of mars it too because it was such a great game
1: yeah that's true it really was we were is back and forth we were hanging with them and we had four guys with 20 points or more they had three so Giannis had 33 points Drew Holiday had 25, Chris Middleton 26. I mean, it was pretty darn close, and we just had that one little extra push in overtime. So this was really a great game. You're right.
0: Yep, and uh, an encouraging way to kind of kick off this road trip too because obviously this is probably the toughest stretch of the season. And we're we're handling yeah. it decently. You said you hope to go, you hope for two wins on this five-game road wins. trip,
1: right? Yep. Yeah. We got them. So we did, and we, got him. we still have the Knicks game to go. So if we get three, that'd be great. Yep. But we've already accomplished what I think we needed to do.
0: Yep, very true. In the first two games of the series, too, when the Suns head over to Philly to take on the 76ers and come away with a 116 to 113 win.
1: This was another really great game. And we have to talk about the shot at the end. I mean, Joel Embiid almost made a full court shot
0: (laughs) to to
1: win. I mean, it went in, it hit off the backboard and circled around the rim and went down and then popped out. It was (laughs) a miracle.
0: It was nuts. And someone got a really good picture of the ball halfway down the hoop, like, well inside the rim, and then Booker behind it just looking up at it with a bad look on his face. He he thought that might be going in. But the yeah. way he shot that, though, he was coming down from a jump, like three-quarter court, and flipped it up so quickly. It, it was just amazing that he even got it, got it off. <laughs> it was. And then the fact that it was just a laser towards the rim, that, that was amazing. And Embiid, and in general, that game, I... He He's solid, man. 38 yeah. points, 17 rebounds, 4 assists.
1: He, <laughs> he's good. He's really good.
0: Yeah, I mean, he did have 8 turnovers in this game, which w- when it gets piled on him, you know, they were without Simmons in this one. And... Uh, Tobias Harris. Tobias Harris, thank you. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, this game was a little more extra on his back, but he, he can... Uh, do it all. He's really impressive.
1: He's yeah. It's it's between him and Jokic for MVP. I think. Sorry Suns fans, Chris Paul's not going to win. It's going to be either Jokic or Embiid, and Embiid showed why he is in the the top two for that conversation.
0: He's sure. So and Aiton, who had been playing, who has been playing pretty great basketball of late, gets held to ten points and five rebounds against him. Yeah. Uh, th- this does happen once in a while, but. Joel well, Embiid is in a different class, and we, we got to hope that over the years, Aiton turns into
1: something like that. That's it's right. Not, it's not going to be like that, but something That's like right. That. And the important thing is the final score. We won. We won by three. So I guess he wouldn't have won the game for them. He would have tied it. But right, right. Chris Paul also could have just made the second free throw. But whatever. We still won. I think another big takeaway from this is at the beginning of the game, we go down 10, and it seems like the game is kind of slipping away from us early. We do this sometimes. But we battle back and keep it close, take a little bit of a lead. They, you know, beginning of the fourth quarter, they go up by a couple points, and then we bring it back and never really look back. We kind of did the same thing in this Bucks game, except it was reversed we went down by 10 or so at the beginning of the fourth quarter and then kicked it into gear to, to bring it back and win the game. I think it's nice to see that on the road against good teams, we were able to climb back in when we went down because basketball is a game of runs. One team is going to get hot for a little bit and go on a run, and you got to be able to counter that with a run of your own, and and then some, and that's exactly what we did in both of these games.
0: Yeah, you got to be... Never too high, never too low, because we can uh, you have to remember that the Suns team has lost big leads before. But also, like, yeah, when they get down early in a game, don't get too worried because 10 points isn't that much to this team. We we can get 10 points in a hurry. Yes. So that, that's just the it's the mark of a, a solid team. And I wouldn't say a great team quite yet, because I don't think great teams should get down like that. As often as we do, or blow a lead like that, but knowing that we're never out of it is a great feeling heading into oh, the playoffs. Yeah. I love saying that heading into the playoffs, it's going to be important.
1: Yeah, it definitely will be. And yeah, I mean, Chris Paul saved us in this without yes. him. I mean, 28 points, eight assists, three rebounds, 10 for 17 shooting, hit five threes. Zero that was turnovers. Helpful. Yeah, no turnovers. And then I think another thing is to go back to Cam Johnson and Jay Crowder being x factors. So Jay Crowder only plays 13 minutes because of his injury, three points on one for seven shooting. So Cam Johnson comes in, plays 30 minutes, and has 15 points, hits 50% of his shots. What more can he ask for from him?
0: Yep, got to love it. And Booker has 19 in this one, but struggles for it, going six for 14 from the floor. Just got to give a little shout out to Matisse Thiebel because that dude can play some defense. Yes, he shot. He was zero for four, zero for one from three. Didn't do a ton otherwise, but played great defense on Booker. So, yeah. this this Sixers team getting into the playoffs, they're gonna be a they're gonna be a bear. That's I'm excited for if we get to see a Seventy Sixers versus Nets uh, matchup at some point. That'll be fun.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the, the East definitely is the weaker conference, but the top of the East is going to be fun between the Nets. I guess they're, they're top four Nets, Bucks, Sixers, Celtics. Those teams are, there's going to be some fun playoff series there.
0: Totally. Moving on to one of the teams you just mentioned, the Suns play the Celtics the next night and lose a tough one 99 to 86, 86 points being the lowest the Suns have scored all season long. And yes, without Crowder in this one, but then you have to remember that uh, Jalen Brown did not play for the Celtics in that one either. So not much of an excuse, but Kemba Walker, really hot in this one, 32 points, 11 for 17 from the floor, leads away for the Celtics, and they just did not let us get going at really any point of this game.
1: Wow. Yeah, so this was a tough one. I didn't get to see any of it because it started at... 4 p.m pacific because of the time difference and i i work until seven the night of this game so i literally missed every second of it uh and i think it was a good game to miss yep i think
0: uh 86 point output would be a good one to miss for sure uh chris paul you know it's nice to see that when we do struggle in games though, Chris Paul will put the team on his back scoring wise and he'll put up games like he had 28 the other night, 22 in this one, eight assists. Uh, Just such a big part of this team. It's great. But then Booker with uh, another sub 50% shooting night from the floor. The Celtics are a, are a tough, aggressive team. And you know, with missing Brown in this one, they, they still put out, Tatum, Walker, and Smart, and even, man, Jabari Parker on the Celtics now playing a few minutes in there. He can be useful to that team. Grant Williams is just kind of a horse down low, Uh, a a guy that we have trouble matching up with because, you know, the bully ball isn't the Sun style. So when we run into guys like that, this ends up happening once in a while. I guess we can Uh, Take a little bit in holding Tatum to just 15. He was three for 17 from the floor. But in the end, it's a loss.
1: Yeah. So it just sounds like we played pretty poorly. Because even for them, 99 points, if you hold a team to 99, you're likely going to win the vast majority of your games. So really just on us. And, I mean, a little bit expected, to on the road. The second game of a back-to-back. This was going to be a tough game.
0: Yep, for sure. And then we move it on to finish out the week here. The game against the Nets. This one was on ESPN. Final score was 119-128. to The Suns, like I mentioned earlier, were without Crowder and Saric, So a rare nine-man rotation out of the Suns for the majority of this game until the last minute or two. And, man... We just got to say that Kyrie and Kevin Durant are really good. Those two guys absolutely cooked us. We contained everyone else on their team, but just didn't have much of an answer for either of those two guys. And the worrying thing about that is Jay Crowder, Dario Saric, don't mean too much because, I mean, Kyrie was cooking bridges. Paul, Booker, whoever was on him, that's one thing. And then you still have to worry about Durant. Crowder isn't going to shut down Durant either. So this team is going to be primed for that championship. If Harden's healthy, if those three are healthy, they're going to be so tough to
1: beat. Oh yeah. If Harden's healthy, the nets are going to win it all. It's they're so good. And we only lost this game by nine. Now we scored a little bit extra in garbage time, but we were with them for the the majority of this. Um, Booker got back on track, which was nice. 36 points on 12 for 24 shooting. Uh, Four for five from three, which is nice. He's struggled at times from three. Eight for nine from the line. Now, I have an interesting thought on this. Looking at Twitter, going around, people are talking about how Booker and Kendall Jenner have been spotted out and about. And, you know lovey-dovey holding hands walking through central park or whatever in the past when we've seen this happen with players they don't play well afterwards but booker struggled and then played well in this game i don't know if this is a correlation versus causation kind of thing <laughs> but it's interesting to me <laughs> hmm. I don't even know what to say about that, Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's pretty, I think this is the first time we've brought up Kendall Jenner on the pod. We don't yeah. tend to, maybe maybe a little bit. We don't tend to put a whole lot of weight into that kind of thing. But I just thought that was interesting. And we do know that Booker likes to play on national broadcasts. So that, that may play a little bit of a role, too. For sure.
0: Heading out east, playing on the like games like ESPN or TNT, you, you know that he loves that, that's for sure. Yeah. But one thing I want to say, four for five from downtown, we need Devin Booker to be getting hot from three.
1: Yes, we do.
0: And once again, I'll say, as we get closer to the playoffs, because we've seen him struggle with it lately, all season. He hasn't been shooting it too great, but we know it's there. We we know that he's just a a knockdown shooter, but... We, we did see some instances in this Nets game where he was just wide open a few times and we need to do more things to get that to happen more often. And I know it's yeah. tough for the defense to just completely lose Booker like that. But once the Paul and Ayton's pick picking rolls going or the defense is collapsing down on Aiton or we got Johnson and Bridges making cuts, collapsing the defense, we need to see that happen more often and Book needs to be hot from three. I Right. I'm going to put a lot of stake on that in the playoffs, in these matchups. We can't have Book going one for six from downtown.
1: No, I I agree. And we, I want to bring this up for a second, too. Mikhail Bridges, only seven points, three rebounds, three assists on three for seven shooting. Uh, He didn't hit any threes. He's been cold. He's been cold from three, especially lately. He plays good defense, though. He really does. And, I wonder a little bit about some of Monty's decision-making with foul trouble because Mikhail had two fouls in this entire game. So he gets two somewhat quick fouls in the first half and doesn't play a whole lot. He he does come back in shortly after Kevin Durant comes in, which I think is smart. But I, like, I don't know if we need to be taking him out after two fouls. Now, I know part of that was part of the regular rotation, so that's okay. But if we look at, you know, for instance, DeAndre Ayton had five fouls in this game, too. And Monty takes him out. After his fifth foul, Monty takes him out and sits him between the eight-minute mark to about the three-minute mark in the fourth quarter. At what point do you say, you just got to play as smart as you can, and if you foul out, you foul out?
0: Yeah, I I know what you mean because we see that happen with Booker. We'll push the minutes with Booker when he gets in foul trouble because he's a necessity to winning. And I'm at the point where Aiton is a necessity to winning too. We have to have him out there as much as possible. So, yeah, I I like that. But with Bridges picking up a quick two, I don't know. I'm kind of along the lines of as long as you don't have three or as soon as you get three before the half, that's maybe when you should get taken out but right two two does seem a little early but in the end he does play 34 minutes in this game so he did i I know what you mean though because as soon as he leaves the court the the other team like they know that they know that bridges is gone it's gonna someone's gonna have a much easier time getting to the rim now and that's not a shot at any of our defenders either but bridges he's just kind of a different animal in that
1: And especially with no Crowder and no Saric, I mean, he, not that Saric is a great defender, but we're down a couple guys, and Crowder is one of our best defenders. So, I don't know, it it just surprised me a little bit. But, yeah, overall, this was a, a little bit of a tough game for a lot of guys. Aside from, you know, Booker played well, like I said, DeAndre Ayton had a great game. 20 points, 13 rebounds on 9 for 12 shooting. Just would have liked to see him play a little bit more. Um, And then Tory Craig, you mentioned this earlier, 20 points, 14 rebounds on 6 for 9 shooting, 2 for 4 from 3, and hit 6 free throws. That was kind of a nice surprise. What do you think about, we've done this a couple times lately, and
0: I don't think it's been too successful yet, but Tory Craig running the stretch 5 spot. We we've done that yeah. a little bit, and I kind of like it because mm-hmm. he's he's a beast. He'll he'll rebound and uh, contest anything. He's a great athlete down there. But I, I like the thought of it, but I, I might say that I'd rather see Dario in that position rather than Craig.
1: Yeah, I just wish we didn't have to have this conversation. Like I yeah. wish we had an actual backup center because like. Frank Kaminsky, as much as I love Frank, like Frank is just not doing it. And even Dario, I still would rather Dario be playing the four. He's still better there. It'd be really nice to have an actual backup center. And, you know, Damian Jones didn't pan out. Not that we had super high expectations for him or anything, but right. a, a real backup center. Or And, you know, maybe next year that's Jalen Smith. I still kind of, I would have liked to see Jalen Smith get thrown in the fire here a little bit. I know his head would have been spinning and it probably wouldn't have gone very well. But why put Frank in over Jalen Smith at this point?
0: Yeah, I kind of see what you mean. As if it were the playoffs, I'd say put in Frank over Jalen. Right. But in yeah, like a situation like tonight, and you know they never really got away from us too far. We talked about how the how we're pesky like that. If a ten point lead happens, don't get worried, we're gonna come back. That was the case throughout the most of the second half of this game. So
1: yeah, I, I know
0: true. what you mean, and I I wish that in a perfect world uh, Smith would have never been in the health and safety protocol. He would have had a full off season. He would have maybe been a little more ready to go at this point but that's right. just not the case and we got to hope for more next year out of him but right. until then it's franklin kaminsky the third that we have to rely on
1: it is and then to talk about the bench a, a little bit more the backup guards were atrocious i mean campaign had five points he did have four assists. i guess that's nice on two for six shooting campaign just has these off nights and when he's off it is clear And same with Javon Carter. In 10 minutes, three points on one for seven shooting.
0: All threes. All threes, yeah.
1: (laughs) And now, Javon has been hot. I will give him that. But we rely so much on on Javon Carter lately. Yeah.
0: And you know he has the green light because he, on one possession, he missed the three, got the rebound tapped back to him, and pulled the three instantly right away. You know, chris does that it's cool if book does that it's cool if cam johnson does that it's cool jay crowder that's cool but that's about it maybe
1: even mikhail maybe
0: maybe, maybe even yeah yeah mikhail's cool yeah. we'll allow that
1: not so. not carter though nah, no I was, campaign.
0: the light is not that green i'd say and right. i i don't think he got ripped out of the game right after that or anything but no. that that was a tough little bit to watch and kind of you, you kind of just saw things start to slip away at that point
1: And and I just, I don't understand why we can't put Etuan Moore or Langston Galloway in when we've got Javon Carter shooting one for seven. Like, clearly he's cold. Put someone else in. Why can we not do that?
0: Right. And then everyone will say because of defense. But, I mean, I saw Javon get burned by Kyrie a few times. And then I, I we we had uh, point guards matched up on Kevin Durant after switches numerous times, it, it, that just wasn't quite working out. And against a bench like the Nets, you'd think that you know Javon and Cam should be able to do some work, but that was not the case. Mike James though, he's back. <laughs> he got minutes too. I, was, I didn't I want to talk about that it. he
1: actually played. I, I wanted don't. to talk about Mike James I a didn't. Bit. It just brings back memes. such yeah. It brings back such bad memories. Tyler Johnson and Mike James together. Like that was not pleasant to watch. Oh, Tyler Johnson, man. He's, he's looking rough. (laughs) I mean, Mike James, Mike James played like he just was on the suns yesterday trying to play all this hero ball. I'm like, you're on a team with James Harden, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, everyone on the team is better than you. You're literally the worst player on this team. And I mean, I guess you have to give it to him, give him some credit that he can go out like that and still act like he's the best player on the court. But at some point you have to put your hubris aside and look at what's real. <laughs> <laughs> look at what's real. Yeah, I mean, he he was on a mission.
0: He he took it right to the rim as soon as he got in a couple times. Got fouled a couple times, but then only hits 2 of his 4 free throws. <laughs> Misses his other shot taken on the game, so. Yeah. I guess that was the Mike James debut that most of us were probably expecting.
1: And he plays like when you're doing the career mode in 2K and yeah. you're like you haven't boosted your stats at all and you're fast forwarding through most of the game and then you get in and you just try to make everything happen to show the coach you deserve more playing time. Like that's how Mike James always plays and always has.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. I'm glad those days are over.
1: Oh, I know.
0: Do we have a player on our team that we can really meme about? Like we used, I mean there, there would be two or three guys on the roster for the last decade, almost that you could just kind of joke about right now. I, I don't really think you can do that much.
1: Well, like Baines was a good example. You know, you had Baines fan club, which that was fun while well, he yeah. was there. And um, I guess maybe Frank is the closest. Oh yeah, yeah,
0: Frank. I take Frank it back. Or Frank
1: Dario. Frank. There's, I know there's a Twitter page, something about Dario Shark Itch or something like that. Nice. So as soon maybe as it's-
0: Frank put on. Aiton's chain and did the post-game interview. (laughs) I mean, yeah, yeah, that that falls into that territory. That's fair. Mm. All right. Let's talk about next week's games. We'll probably keep this pretty quick here. Um, The Nets, or excuse me, the Knicks to end this road trip Monday at 4.30 local time. Let's just uh, let's predict. How do we finish up this road trip? Do you think these guys are worn out, exhausted, ready to get home, or do you think they'll want to end this on a high note and we'll see a, a high production sons in this game.
1: So Chris Paul is not going to let them take the night off. You know that
0: very true. Um,
1: the Knicks are one of the hottest teams in the league right now. And it's uh, their turnaround has actually been pretty cool because they haven't, you know, they didn't do anything like make huge moves or anything. You know, it's right. Julius Randall who's doing a lot of the damage. It's Alfred Payton. It's, you know, it's kind of cool to see this and Thibodeau's doing the Thibodeau thing that he always does and they're hot right now. I don't know how long it's going to last, but it's true that it is good for the NBA, for the Knicks to be good. It is yep. very true. So I agree. I, I've i been kind of, it's it's been nice to see the Knicks make this turnaround. I like seeing a team do what they're doing without signing three high-profile free agents and just spending a bunch of money and all this and creating a super team. Now, they're not as good as the Nets or the Celtics or the, the Sixers or the Bucks or whatever, but it is the second night of a back-to-back. The Knicks aren't as good as all the teams that we've played this week. I still think it's going to be close. I think we're going to win, but I think it's going to be close.
0: Yeah, so... The Suns lost back-to-back games for the first time since the beginning of the year, January. So that just happened. I don't think we're going to lose three in a row. Like you said, Chris Paul will probably not allow that to happen. But Julius Randle might be a tough matchup for us overall, so we'll have to see how we can contain him. But I expect us to uh, go hard in this one. we got a day off afterwards. And then we head into a Clippers game on Wednesday, back home, 7 o'clock. Uh, the Clippers we've had trouble with this year. It'd be really nice to see us get a win, just for that momentum, heading into the playoffs, knowing that this is a team we could match up with. Just would be really nice to have one W over them this year.
1: Yes, this is going to be a big game for playoff positioning, too. Because, well, I, I can't even say what it's going to be like by by Wednesday, but we're talking within a game between a game and a half and half a game of a difference at this point either way so this is one of those that really counts as two games in the standings basically so we really need to win this game if we if there were a game to win this week it's that one if we lose all the others it's still not good but we really need to win this game
0: totally um i i think we can say that we've proved ourselves against the Jazz this year, who are our next matchup. That'll be Friday night. But yep, the the Clippers one is where I'm putting my money, where this one probably means the most this week. So Clippers and Jazz, uh, not back-to-back, but Wednesday and Friday, both at home. Um, I thought I was going to be able to make it to one of these, but I don't think my my vaccination's going to be ready yet. I thought Mm. it was an extra week. So sadly, I don't know if I'm making it, but
1: oh dang
0: go to these games man i mean these are the these are the ones that'd be really fun to be either one of these games
1: yeah it would be cool and for the clippers game on wednesday we have our back question and i'm gonna remember this week so uh maybe i'll write it down somewhere or put an alarm in my phone i've been pretty good about it but i forget every once in a while anyway i'm gonna remember it this week our question for this week is how many points will Tory Craig score against the Clippers? And we picked this because it's very questionable. Tory Craig has been playing pretty well lately, but we don't know with the Clippers if we're going to get both Kawhi and Paul George or neither or just one of the two, how the matchup will work, if Jay Crowder will be back or not. So Tory Craig points is kind of a mystery. It is.
0: Hmm. I'm going to go eight points for Craig. That seems pretty
1: reasonable. I was going to say the exact same. Oh, eight. Eight. Okay. Hmm. Higher or lower, Mitch? How much Let's do you like see. Tory Craig? Let's see. I like what he's been doing. Hmm. Well, okay, fine. I will be the optimist. I'm going to say nine. All right. All right. <laughs> So let us know on Twitter at Sunny and PHX Pod how many points do you think Tory Craig will score against the Clippers on Wednesday. All
0: right. So we have the Jazz that Friday, and then Sunday will be the next one. That's at five in Oklahoma City, and we'll be uh, recording before this game. So Thunder game. This this should be a win, right? Yeah.
1: I mean, they're not trying to win. Last time we played them, it was a blowout. We have a day off in between playing the Jazz. I'm not too worried about this. But the only note that I will make is for the next three weeks, we play games on Sunday. And to to show you how the sausage is made a little bit, mm-hmm. we tend to record on Sunday in the early afternoon. So when we have these Sunday games, it's pretty difficult. One of these Sundays is also Mother's Day, so we're probably going to be recording before a lot of these Sunday games. So just the way the schedule has kind of shaken out and it's three weeks though. And then we'll have playoff basketball to talk about and we will make things work for the playoffs. That's playoff sure. podcast, man. It's, it's the, the first, first time
0: in history of the podcast that will be yeah. in the playoffs. Yeah. Oh, that's going to be fun. And just a note on that. I want to go to Zips or a sports bar or anywhere. And watch a playoff game with fellow suns fans, like when we're in a way game, especially. I think that'd be so much fun. I, I remember watching one somewhat recently. Uh, I think it was a I think the Lakers were playing, but I just happened to be out, and it was just a fun atmosphere there, but I haven't got to experience that with with my fellow purple and orange fans. So that'll be a I want to yeah. hit that up for sure.
1: Yeah, we should definitely do that. It would be great. <laughs> and with that we will move to our non-sports section of the show we were just kind of having a little conversation before we started recording and brought up this question what is your favorite tv show to rewatch? alright so there's, there's
0: definitely one but there's one that is going to be in the running once I do it and if you've been a long term fan of the show you know that I'm a huge Game of Thrones fan So, I've started the rewatch once, and I watched a few of the the first couple episodes, but I faded off. But I think it has something to do with me remembering how terrible the last season was, which is holding me back from really diving back in. But, I mean, I could definitely watch the first few seasons again and just enjoy it. I know I could do that, so that will be up there. But until that happens, it's Deadwood from the old HBO show. Just so it's so great. All the characters are so good. You get immersed in that atmosphere. I'm from South Dakota, so that's you know a few hours west of my house where all that stuff went down. And then just knowing that you can go like into Deadwood, South Dakota, and see some of those same buildings that are still there and the same streets and everything, it's just really cool. So every like every couple years, I'll watch those three seasons of Deadwood, and they're it's fun every time.
1: Yeah. I've never seen the show, but I have been to Deadwood. Yeah. It's a cool little place. It is. Do some mm. gambling there. Oh yeah, they have a yep. lot of that. Yep. I've never been as an adult. I only went I went when I was like in early high school. Ah. But yeah, it was a cool little place. To someday see. I'm gonna take you back to the homeland, Mitch. We're gonna go oh, to South I, of- I don't know. <laughs> I haven't been back to Wyoming in a long time. We're no. talking about it though, because my wife's never seen it, and I haven't been back there in a few years now. But <laughs> we'll see. For me, uh, two shows come to mind. One, Avatar: The Last Airbender. Timeless. The story's so good. There's a lot of detail in it. Uh, I did a rewatch last summer and I'm thinking about doing another one just because it's so good. Uh, it's, it's pretty nostalgic as well, but the the one that I'm really thinking of that got us talking about this was Arrested Development. That's a show that you really need to rewatch. You need to watch it two or three times to really appreciate it. And even then you don't catch all of the jokes. So That's a great one to rewatch. My wife and I have started a rewatch because she's never seen it. And I haven't watched it for, oh, probably three or four years now here. So watching it again and already just in the first few episodes of the first season. It's so funny.
0: Yeah, I'm a big fan. And um, recently... Jessica Walter or yeah, Walters she yeah. just recently passed away which is so sad because She was great. She was such a great actress in playing Lucille Bluth, man. I mean,
1: yeah. I don't
0: think you could have casted that any better. No. Possibly. I mean, it was just perfect and man, that great show. I
1: I might be due for a rewatch of that one too. It's it's so great. And it it really I'd say it holds up for the most part. There's a few things that you're like, uh today nowadays this doesn't fly too much, but for the most part it really holds
0: up. Yeah, I, I can imagine what you're talking about. There. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> it's a good show though for sure. All right. Well that ends this episode of the Sunny and Phoenix podcast. We thank everybody for tuning in. We'll be back with another episode next week. And we're we're on our way to the playoffs. I think I said that once or twice, so yeah. <laughs> One more time. All right. Go Suns.